Blog Talk Radio. It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone here. Glad you could join us, as always. Well, hopefully you've got uh, your Christmas holiday shopping just about done. Uh, If you're like me and millions of others, you're doing a lot of it virtually, online and such. And so... Yeah, hopefully you're you're we, we've got about a week to go, and uh, we'll well actually a week and a half or so to go, and then we'll be you know the big day, the big day. Well, listen, before we get to the big day of Christmas, uh, we've got some films and we've got some filmmakers that we want to present to you on this show. Starting, we've got three actually. So let's get started here. Uh, The fifth annual Hollywood Comedy Shorts Film Festival is uh, based, of course, in Los Angeles. But like most of all the film festivals uh, this year because of the pandemic, uh, everybody is doing their festivals virtually. And so with the Hollywood Comedy Shorts Film Festival, they started it uh, December 11th, and it runs all the way until December 18th. And you can see the festival, you can see everything that's going on by, uh, you can see it on BitPix, B-I-T-P-I-X, BitPix TV. And of course, this festival, like so many others, is featuring some of the best film shorts, uh, screenings, panels, Q&A with filmmakers. Uh, They're going to have a virtual awards gala. That's going to take place Friday, December 18th, which is the closing out day. So if you would like to get in on the fun of the Hollywood Comedy Short Film Festival, purchase your tickets. Go visit their website, Hollywood Comedy Shorts Film Festival, Film Fest, I'm wrong, dot com. Let me go back over that. That's Hollywood Comedy Shorts with an S, Film Fest. And you can get your tickets and you can just, um, you know, one price gets you through a lot of films, uh, film shorts and just all of the the great stuff, the panels, everything. So having said that, that brings me to our first guest. His name is Chester Howey and he is the writer, director of a film short that is screening currently at the Hollywood Comedy Short Film Festival. The title of the film is called Lulu, and it is playing in the category of the dark comedy block of the uh, film festival, and it is, it's a really cool film. I really liked it. Uh, it's, It's a very stylish type of a comedy about a young woman. Her name is Lulu, and she's kind of flash, doing a flashback about the day in the life of Lulu, her best friend, and her boyfriend. 
And it's not just your typical day. Now, some of us, you know, our typical day is maybe doing laundry, go to put some gasoline in the car, go to the market, watch some daytime trash TV. Not for Miss Lulu. No, no, no. Far different. It's so different. And I, again, if you go to Hollywood Comedy Shorts Film Fest, com get your ticket i highly suggest that you go uh and see all three of our guest films uh for today's show there are lots and lots of great short films there but these are three of the top ones okay the film that stars uh three characters three actors uh ashley romans uh she we've seen her in shameless uh, that's just a few. Uh, Kelly Mack from, we've seen Kelly in The Walking Dead. Ryan Culver, we've seen him in Hot in Cleveland, NCIS, among other, both, all three actors are very, very accomplished. And the film is done, it's just very good. I, I It kind of reminds me of some Quentin Tarantino style filmmaking in a way. But it's real smart. It is cool, it's hip, and it's funny. So let's bring on Chester Howie again. He is the writer. He's the director of the film Lulu. And we're going to just get all into Chester's business to find out what's been going on since Lulu was recorded and and filmed. I should say I'm so used to talking to music people. But since Lulu has been filmed, uh, what's been going on with his film career and also the making, the behind the scenes, the backstory and the making of this really cool film short, Lulu. So let's bring on the filmmaker right now. Hi, Chester. So, so nice to chat with you this Hi. afternoon. Nice to chat with you as well. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, absolutely. Well, we're just going to jump right in here and talk about your current uh, film short. Uh, the title of it is Lulu, I believe, and it's That's such a yep. fun <laughs> film. It is currently playing um, in the dark comedy block of the Hollywood Comedy Short Film Festival, and it is, it's a very, to me, I really enjoyed it, as I told you earlier. It's, it's a very contemporary style film to me, and uh, your girl Lulu is is a, she's quite a character. <laughs> she is quite. Oh yeah. <laughs> so in 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 my limited knowledge, uh, it's a comedy about a young woman living, recalling the day in the life of her tumultuous kind of life. So you're the filmmaker. Tell us, pick up from there, and tell us what what's Lulu all about. Absolutely, yes. Uh, so Lulu is about a woman who's, like you said, reliving the last 24 hours of her life, kind of regaling the story for us. Um, and we, we meet her in kind of a, a down-and-out place. She's clearly been upset by something. She's kind of angrily smoking a cigarette, and she says, but you know what, before I continue, let me tell you what's just happened to me. And we reverse, and she kind of explains through voiceover that she and her best friend and her boyfriend have been hiding out in the mountains having completed a heist and uh, they currently have a whole lot of money stashed in their house in their secluded house and um, we pick up the, at dinner time the night before and uh, over the next few hours we see how their relationship falls apart and how Lulu seizes control of her life as, as, the, as, the, uh, the, as she realizes a few personal things as a few personal things come to light and she confronts them 
the movie kind of has that kind of a Quentin Tarantino ishness uh, about it for me. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Just kind of like a little bit like Pulp Fiction is in a way, and uh, the three lead actors. Well, they are the three characters. They they do such a wonderful job. So, um, wondering. What inspired you? What was the storyline? Was it just completely from fiction, or, or was it from a news headline you once read, or, or what? Uh, funnily enough, it was actually just a class exercise while I was at USC. Um, but uh, firstly, thank you very much for, for bringing the, the Tarantino's name into the conversation. Obviously, he's uh, a hero of mine, and to have any anything uttered about him is, is, is amazing. But um, yes, uh, so the, the idea, I, I was given a class assignment where I had to shoot a scene around a table. It had to be three people around a table. Um, but it was actually my last exercise at USC, so I thought I should go all out and try to make an entire short film instead of a, a little scene. Um, and my everything I'd made at film school up until that point had been very melodramatic, very serious, very uh, kind of over-the-top drama. Um, and I thought I would prefer to do something a little more whimsical, a little more um, for fun a little, and comedy-based uh, as my kind of send-off from the school and kind of built it out from the, the, the card scene right in the center of the film is where it all started and kind of just started playing with ideas about where it could go from there. And then in post-production, the story changed a fair amount because I rewrote the voiceover dozens of times and that's a, an integral part of the story is what she tells us in the voiceover um, and a, a few scenes got cut down a few scenes got lifted so it really was a, a, a very big a very long process of, of getting the story to where it ended up um, but it was very organic and just completely kind of pulled from the air and, and just toyed around with creatively as much as possible well speaking of that house you said they are well they are uh, in this this is not just some abandoned shack. This is a serious house. Does this house belong to anybody right. uh, in the film? Your your house or who? Oh, I wish that was my house. <laughs> um, no, funnily enough, the interiors were one person's house and the exteriors were another person's house, um, both of whom are different family friends of mine. So um, one family friend very generously lent us uh, his home in the, in Malibu in the hills. Uh, which is where we shot all of the exterior. We shot the poolside stuff and all the exteriors of the house and the driveway and things like that. And then I had a, a friend from film school, actually. His parents had a place in Palm Springs that they, again, very graciously let us uh, take over for the weekend to shoot everything indoors. Um, so the dinner scene and the cards and, and all of that stuff was all in, in Palm Springs. Well, you guys did an excellent job, uh, you know, with the exterior shots, putting it all, well, of course, that's in editing, but it just, I was like, wow, I wonder whose house is that? <laughs> but it's, it's, <laughs> it was really well, well done there. So what's been the reaction so far uh, about Lulu from the public? It's been positive, although, to be honest, yeah, well, Hollywood comedy shorts is actually the it's, it's world premiere, so um, oh. I am yet to, to receive much public reaction from it, but uh, pr in private circles, it's been very positive. People have been really supportive, and um, all the people that worked on it, especially, uh, we had a very good time all around. It was definitely a breath of fresh air to be working on something, um, something that was just for fun, that had, had very low stakes, and um, something that 
we we all the, the whole intention was to if the crew was having a very good time then it would translate into the film being a fun film to watch and I think that was a success so I, I'm glad I'm glad that you have you enjoyed it and I hope the public will enjoy it just as much now how well well of course right now again it, it is uh being screened at the Hollywood Comedy Short Film Festival and um so people can just go register and sign up to to of course of course everything's virtual and that's how they can see it. So how can the public see it? Yes, yeah, so right now it's at the Hollywood Comedy Short Film Festival which is streaming on BitPix. So you can go to bitpixtv.com and uh create an account. I believe it's thirty dollars so access to the entire festival. And uh, I've been watching all of their films. They've got a lot of great films. They do. Um, in yeah. their catalogue. And yeah, a lot of really, really great films. I feel like every year I watch anything from a film festival, the talent is just extremely intimidating uh. <laughs> to see on display. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I highly recommend if, if you've got, you know, a day or a weekend to kill. Um, Hollywood Comedy Shorts runs from uh, December 11th to December 18th. Yeah, and this film is definitely a, a lot of fun and uh, makes you laugh and it, it's very well put together, very well done. Um, so what's, well, after the, the Hollywood Shorts Film Festival, uh, is the film going to continue in the film festival circuit or how can people see it? Yes, we have booked a, uh, there will be a, a live screening in um, in L.A., but I can't reveal too much about that just yet, but it is on the books. Um, and eventually, I'm hoping around uh, spring 2021, it will be publicly available for anyone to watch online. Great. Now, this L.A. event, is that going to take place during the rest of the this year or next year? Uh the, sorry, say one more time. The, the, you said there's an LA event coming up that you can't give a lot of details about. Is that going to take place this year or early next year? Oh, def definitely next year if we're lucky. Um, okay. It all depends on on the pandemic and when an F theaters will open again. Um, obviously, everyone's safety is paramount for everyone, and we don't want to start cramming people into a movie theater until it's safe to do so. But fingers crossed by. At some point in, in 2021, it will be safe to do that, okay. and I think we have our event on the books for okay. when that's possible. Now, does Lulu have its own website, or does it have its own uh, social media links, or, or what? Um, everything to do with it is on my personal website, chesterhowie.com, um, where you can also write a message and, and uh, eventually be able to watch the film. Okay, ChesterHowie.com, and then Twitter is at ChesterHowie, I assume? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we can do that. So um, have you started on your next film yet? I have been writing a lot. I haven't started um, producing or directing anything, but uh, I've been writing a, a pilot about... Um, my experiences in film school because it was kind of a <laughs> kind of a crazy ride and there's a lot of stories to be told um, and hopefully I'll be shooting some kind of a, uh, a proof of concept for that in the near future. Oh wow! So you now you said you attended UCLA or USC? Uh, USC, yeah. Oh US! Oh shame on me! Uh, the, the two football rivals there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> shame on me. So, okay, so uh, USC Film School. So, 
Oh man, if you have, uh, if it was an interesting experience, you know, I, I, I can't. Just by looking at Lulu, I bet it's gonna. Is it gonna be more of a comedy that, about your experience in film school or what? Oh yeah, definitely a comedy of errors through and through. Um, I feel like the three, for, for everyone, myself included, everyone I know who went through USC, I barely got out alive just because of the, uh, the fact that there's a lot of kids who don't know what they're doing, myself included, trying to trying to achieve very big dreams. <laughs> and uh, those two, you know, incompetence and vision don't often go hand in hand. Well, obviously you've got some talent because, again, Lulu is a very stylish comedy film. I, I, I even like the, the soundtrack, your music. That was very good. Is, is that um, the music, is that a band or group of is that, are those friends or, or what? I'm really glad you liked it. That was actually one of the most difficult things to pull off because the music was always very important to me. From, from Before we even shot it, I knew the music would play a central role. Um, so a lot of the time spent in post-production was, was pleading with different people to write the score, but it's very difficult to get people to, to work for free for a long period of time for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it gets into all kinds of legal problems and, all, and things like that that get very messy. So eventually I ended up using... I, I, someone told me about this website called um, Kick-Ass Tracks, no, Killer Tracks, sorry, um, who uh, generously gave me a student discount since this was a student film and we were able to license all this music from their catalogue um, in perpetuity for online use and couldn't recommend them more highly. They've got a, an amazing catalogue of music and because it's all through one company it made the licensing very simple, very easy and I, I, I can sleep easy at night <laughs> knowing <laughs> that I'm not going to be sued in two years' time for putting the film online. Well, wow. so it's called KillerTracks.com. Correct, yeah. Okay, well, we need to call them up and maybe have them come on the show to talk more <laughs> about what they do. That's great. Well, I really, I did, I like the, the music, yeah. and uh, now I've got the backstory on the film and the music of the film, so that makes me appreciate Lulu even more so. This is great. Thank you very much. Yeah, so anyway, Chester, I just, again, the congratulations on such a fun film, and... Uh, I just I, these are my style of movie. You can tell, obviously, I'm also a Tarantino big fan as well. And uh, when I started looking at it, I said, man, this got that Tarantino-ishness about it. And uh, in fact, wow. I think I'll play it again later this evening. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you do. I hope you enjoy it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna enjoy it again, definitely. So, so again, thank you for the for the film and your talents and. Um, Hey, it can only go up even more for you. You know, you're already making your premiere in the Hollywood Comedy Short Film Festival, so we'll keep an eye on you as far as your career is concerned. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Okay, no problem. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. Hey, I'm Sherry Shepard, and you're listening to Film Festival Radio with Janice Malone.
Okay, thank you so much, Chester, for giving us some backstory information about your new film, Lulu. And don't you just love backstories about how things were created, how they came into being? And just like how he told about the information about the the music, the, the soundtrack for Lulu and how that all came about. Again, go see this film. See all of the films, Hollywood Comedy Shorts Film Fest dot com, and uh, you can just see all the films that you want during uh, the film festival. And you better hurry because it's all over with on December eighteenth, but you still got some time. And I say let's start off with the three films uh, for our three guests for this show, and then just follow in with the rest of the um, the really cool films that are taking place and being shown on Bit. Picks TV during the Hollywood Comedy Shorts Film Festival. Okay, before we roll into our next guest, I want to tell you about uh, some really fun lists of movies. Yeah, I love lists. Listicles are fun. Don't you think they're fun? I guess they are because they're so popular nowadays. So according to Ranker, Ranker Ranker.com, and Ranker is known as the world's leading publisher for fan-powered rankings on just about everything. They have over 1 billion, capital B, billion votes uh, that help categorize and rank uh, different things in entertainment and business and politics. I mean, they just cover it all. Just just about every topic that you can think of, it is ranked and list done a listicle according to Ranker. So now they have the best holiday movies to stream for 2020 while we are all at home anyway for the holiday season. So let's start off with the top 10 best Christmas movies of all time, according to Ranker. Now, these films uh, were voted upon by 371,000 votes. And so here are the top 10. Number 10 on the Ranker top 10 best Christmas movies of all time. Number 10 is Die Hard. I know. I, I didn't think of Die Hard as being a holiday movie either, but it's it's on Ranker's list. 371,000 voters said Die Hard would be number 10. Number 9, The Santa Claus. Uh, number 8, is A Wonderful Life. Number 7, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Number six, A Christmas Story. Number five, A Charlie Brown Christmas. For me, that would have been my top one. Number four is Home Alone. Number three is Elf. Number two is Dr. Seuss, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And number one, the number one top ten listed best Christmas movie of all time, according to Ranker, is... National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes. I never would have never would have thought. Num- number one, really? Well, okay, according to Ranker voters, you wanna disagree with that? I'm I'm already saying a Charlie Brown Christmas should have been number one, but that's just me. I'm sure you have your your personal number one favorite, but again, according to Ranker National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, number one as the top 10 best movies of all time. So whether you agree or disagree, that's their list. 
and you can always get in touch with them, Ranker.com, to uh, dispute their their uh, voters there. But anyway, we are going to roll right into our next guest here. Uh, we are talking to filmmakers. We, we're three. We've already done one. We've got two more to go. And they have films that are currently streaming at, during the fifth annual Hollywood Comedy Shorts Film Festival that is taking place all the way up until December 5th. No, wrong, December 18th. Where did I get the 5th from? Uh, anyway, uh, it's, it's being shown virtually, of course, and you can see it all on BitPix TV. And if you want to get your tickets to see all of the workshops, all of the uh, screenings, everything, go to Hollywood Comedy Shorts filmfest.com and there you can get everything that you need and also on the final uh, day, December 18th, they're going to have a virtual awards gala that will be taking place so you definitely do not want to miss that. So let's get to our next guest here. His name is Edward Hong and he has a film also that is being screened during the festival and it's titled Make a Wish. Oh, this is such a fun movie. Uh, I don't want to give away too much. But anyway, Make-A-Wish uh, it stars Edward Hong. The, he's uh, the executive producer and he's also one of the stars in the film. It only has three actors in it. So, and Make-A-Wish an official selection, of course, during the, the uh, Hollywood Comedy Shorts Film Festival. And uh, it's it kind of is 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 lighthearted. It's a lighthearted comedy, and it's a horror film. Also, I know, I know. I, how did they do that? I don't know, but it's good, and it has received a lot of critical acclaim. In fact, they have been ex- accepted in over one hundred film festivals around the world. I mean, this film is going everywhere from Italy to England to South America. It's all over the world. 100, 100 film festivals have accepted it. So you know it must be a nice film. It's more than nice. It's good. It's a good film. Um, again, it stars uh, Edward Hong, our featured guest, Josephine Chang, and Roman Moretti. Uh, Storyline, I can tell you really fast. It's a comedy. It's, again, this is one that's also in the dark comedy block of the film festival but it's a comedy about this really sweet kind of demure type fiance and she's giving her boyfriend a birthday present and a birthday party of sorts yeah and that's when it kind of gets ugly so to speak yeah it it kind of takes a left turn then another quick u-turn and it gets wild crazy but it holds your attention so uh, again Edward Hong is the filmmaker he's one of the executive producers and he's one of the stars in the film short Make a Wish and with this film appearing and and due to appear and screen I should say in over 100 film festivals Edward Hong is going to be quite busy for a while, so I am so happy that we had an opportunity to catch him now before all of that long film festival uh, schedule begins. I mean, it's already begun because, again, the, the film is already at uh, this uh, comedy short film festival. So, anyway, let's bring Edward on to get more details about his film, Make-A-Wish, the making of the behind-the-scenes, and just... 
Yeah. Okay. So let's bring Edward on right now. Okay. Here we go. Edward, I just uh, finished watching your movie, actually, for the second time, again, is Make-A-Wish. And uh, I really enjoyed it. It's a uh, it's it's morbidly funny, <laughs> of course. Yeah. And uh, it's currently uh, one of the the film shorts that's um, air. Well, I should say uh, running right now at the uh, Holly Shorts Film Festival Comedy Film Festival here. So um, anyway, you star as Freddie. Uh, as well as you're also the one of the executive producers of the film. So um, in your own words, tell everybody about the film and the storyline of it. It's, it's just it's funny. <laughs> okay. Um, in terms of the story, we always want to keep it vague as possible so the surprise is there when you see it. But what we can say, it's simply uh, a lighthearted comedy as with air quotes around it about a fiance giving her uh giving the best birthday present ever. That's simply the story. And then what that birthday present is is up for the audience to find out. Yeah. Um Make a Wish started off as uh, from the beginning a demo reel project uh for my partner Josephine Chank, who's also one of the producers and the main actress for this film. It started off just to get better footage and then when we got our director, Den Tai, on board, it kind of exploded from there into a full-fledged short film with all the bells and whistles and including a film festival run. And so when we started out, we thought it was a comedy, just, just a comedy, granted a dark, morbid comedy. But when we were submitting very early on, this was like before the pandemic, we got a feedback from one particular festival that we submitted in the wrong category that it was a horror film, not a comedy film. That that being said, they said it was still funny, but it was still a, co- a horror film. And so we were going, okay, that was a surprise to us since my partner especially is not a big particular fan of horror films considering it scares the crap out of her. Um, although she has more fun scaring the crap out of me when I watch horror films. So <laughs> there is that. But uh, that's how it got started. Uh, Josephine was the one who sought out the writer, Ivan Sang, he wrote the script uh, years ago, and then she asked him uh, if she, we could use it, since it seemed a little similar to our actual relationship um, since we, as a couple. And so uh, he said, sure. And then when Din got on board, he tweaked it a bit with his own ideas, and thus this is how the short came to be. Well, it's very, very delightful, I may add, again. Uh, I understand that... Make-A-Wish has been accepted in, oh, about 100 different film festivals. That's amazing. Yes. Uh, it's both amazing and also, I most likely, not mostly, I got carried away submitting to festivals. It was very addicting. Um, but it is very grateful. We were very grateful in terms of the festivals we got to, the responses we received, especially for something that's pretty simple in terms of design just one room, three actors, and that's it. Um, so being accepted by folks like Hollywood Comedy Shorts and also the previous film festival that the staff was part of, the Holly Shorts Film Festival last month, uh, that was a big surprise to us considering that we would be alongside like top-notch Oscar-winning actors and directors who made shorts on their own time. Um, 
has the numerous genre film festivals uh, that t that took us in, like Film Quest, Screen Fest, um, and a New York City Horror. And so, yeah, we're we're at a hundred, which is when I say it's it's an overwhelming number. But it feels weird because, especially in this year of the pandemic, that uh, we have yet to actually experience in what it's like with an audience. Like, how do they react to it? We have no idea what people think of it, other than what people say online. If they give a, give us comments, or maybe if we had one drive-in screening at Screenfest uh, in October, and people appreciate it by flickering their lights on and off, uh, or maybe an occasional hollering or a guffaw from a guy sitting in his pickup truck laughing at the movie. So that's so far in terms of reactions we got from the film. <laughs> well, I tell you, uh, December is a big month. I was looking at your uh, calendar for some other upcoming screenings. In addition to the Hollywood Comedy Short Film Festival, uh, I understand just yesterday that you had a virtual screening all the way over in Manchester, England at the Grimm Fest. Film festival. Yes. Were you able to, um, you know, like do a zoom in uh, with that virtual screening yesterday? That one, they didn't do a zoom in. Uh, they kept. It was a pretty. Uh, what they did for that is that they had three features and like three or four shorts, and that was it. So we, the fact that we were even part of such a very exclusive like collection was a surprise to us, but uh, there was no Zoom Q&A, which is totally fine. Um, but I think we were very shocked and pleased that we got accepted Griffiths because when we first submitted to it like months ago, we got rejected by them, which is fine. It comes with the course. So only to my surprise that about last month, they were like, hey, we want you for the Christmas edition, which made us think that now Make-A-Wish is now a Christmas film, if that's part of the thing. So uh, I'm like, yeah, I guess it could be. A, it's, it's a presence. So sure, it has. it's, you know, like when people argue that Die Hard is a Christmas film, yeah, sure, Make-A-Wish is a Christmas film. So uh, we, yeah, we had, we just had it with Grimfest, and then we are just finishing, actually they extended, we had it with North Hollywood Cinefest, which I want to give a shout-out to because they were the very, very first people to accept us back in February, and then because of the pandemic, obviously they're just having their festival screening, or rather virtual screening, just now. Um, so we so we got a few more coming up um, after. Obviously, there's Hollywood comedy shorts, and then we have our quote-unquote Brazil premiere with Cine Horror, as well as a festival in Italy called Be Afraid. So that will wrap out the year, and then. There will be 20 that will be airing our film throughout 2021, all the way till late October of next year. Wow. So we are far finished for this journey. Oh, my goodness. And I want to add that the Be Afraid Horror Fest is in Gorizia, Italy. And uh, Sinahara Film Festival is in Salvador, Brazil. So Make-A-Wish is getting a lot of wishes coming true. I mean, all over the world. This is fantastic. Yeah. We I've, I've noticed particularly that when we submitted to the Latino American Film Festival, we got great responses and acceptances from them. And I was talking to my partner, Josephine, in terms of why that is. And I think it's because uh, the acting of uh, the acting style of our film is very bombastic. It's, it's big. It's certainly yeah. not naturalized whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And so it definitely, and then of course you add macabre humor and murder. And 
and it seems right up the alley for like when I see a lot of films from the Latino American horror film festivals, it's right up that alley. And so we were very so like the one that we were very pleased with we got accepted by Macabro uh, film festivals, and I know they're considered one of the fifty best bloody genre fests uh, according to Movie Maker. So they're on that prestigious list, and so. Uh, they like getting them and then seeing the reason we, we never got to see it because that was Mexico only, but we certainly saw the responses and the reviews uh, from the viewers in Mexico. And that definitely informed us in terms of what they liked and what they didn't like about our film, uh, which is always a funny thing when they didn't like about our film, they would criticize that murder is not funny and it should never be tolerated. And I'm like, we're not saying that we tolerate or condone murder, but I mean, I guess that's an interesting criticism, and so that would be some of the responses we get from that. Well, uh, again, people will have to just see it because, again, we don't want to give away the surprise. So um, I, I know that you have a website, but how can so you've got a long year next year of film festivals which is a good thing but people can go to make a wish shortfilm.com is your official website so will there ever be a, a full length sequel to uh the short the film short or what we definitely entertain that idea obviously right now the highest priority right now we have some ideas whether it's that or other projects is simply just getting through this pandemic and survival, so it is not on the top of priority list. But to answer your question, it is something we tinker with, and I've spoken with my partner about in terms of there is most definitely potential, not so much a series, but definitely like a full-length feature uh, treatment of it. Uh, but once again, these are all just ideas just tumbling around in our heads, but it is definitely being entertained, um, especially after all the responses we've gotten from the festivals and people really loving the uh, the couple of Freddie and Lexi and just seeing where they go from here. And so it's, to answer, yeah, it's, it's being entertained right now and we'll see where it goes in 2021. I really hope that it does get extended. I would love to see, uh, especially with the final scene, what happens with that. <laughs> you know, what's next? And your director... Speaking of the final scene, he, he pulled a little bit of a, without revealing too much, he kind of did an Alfred Hitchcock kind of a thing there. Yes, <laughs> yes he did. He was very gracious enough to be part of it. Um, and then without also without spoiling too much, uh, he definitely commented and like, because uh, we have our third actor, uh, Roman Moretti, who I would say is our yes. MVP of this, especially what he goes through. Oh. Uh, was very challenging for the actor, but when we shot it, he took it in stride. He was a true consummate professional and like an absolute amazing human being. So when Did had to do what Roman had to do, he's like, oh man, this is hard. I don't know how he did that. <laughs> yeah, Roman definitely deserves a lot of props because uh, points there because how many outtakes? I mean, I would love to see the outtakes of that that scene. That, that would yeah. be funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. And then, and then when we were shouting, it was done all in single day. Uh, it was a twelve-hour, sh- little less than twelve hours, uh-huh. and then we finished it. But Roman was in his particular predicament for a good portion of the shoot, um, oh, so yeah. he he was definitely 
that scene kind of made me think about the movie Misery a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a good comparison. <laughs> yeah, it's just a tinge there. But again, it was it's all, you know, we need to laugh, even if it's a bit, um, you know, macabre a little bit. But it's okay. It's okay. I think we just need to lighten up. Nowadays, especially, and um, but yeah. I, I would love. I have a reflection of twenty twenty. Yeah, it's, it's twenty twenty has been a very strange year. So, uh, will there ever be a way that general fans can see the film short or what? Uh, for now, it will continue to be in the film festival circuit. So, in terms of like having it be public and free for, let's say, putting on YouTube or whatever. That has that won't happen until looks like end of October when that finishes up. Um, and also, we do have a distribution deal that is coming up uh, that we just signed a contract with. And then, so once that happens, that will probably be how our film will be distributed. Granted, they will be it is free and accessible for audience goers. So when the news comes, it will obviously all be on the website makeawishshortfilm.com okay. uh, for general audience to watch it on their own time. And what about your social media information? Is what, what, is, what are the handles, I should say? Right. Uh, yes. Uh, the main general one is uh, at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Make-A-Wish-Film. And then in terms of the producers, uh, for myself, it's uh, at Cinnabon Monster. My partner, Jasmine, is at uh, Slowjo Jojo, S L O W J O J O. Slowjo Jojo. Oh, and one more Jo. Um, but it's also all listed in the main Make a Wish Instagram uh, profile. Our Instagram handles are there. And then our director is simply at D I N H S T E R, at, so it's basically at Dinster. Um, and then that's basically the main Instagram handles as well as. Oh, man. Here's one more Instagram handle. It's our production company that we did under. It's Diane, Diane Foster's production company. She was our main producer who we produced alongside with. Hers is Wally Bird Productions. It's at Wally Bird Productions. And then her Instagram is at Diane Foster Official. Woo! Okay, that's a lot of Instagram handles, but there you go. We got them all down. Don't worry. We got them. Oh, my goodness. I can just see if you guys win um... – an Oscar in, in, in this category. I can see the acceptance speech there. It's going to be a big one, a long one <laughs> of people. To- oh, yeah. I mean, we have definitely appreciated the awards, especially a lot of the awards have been Best Actress for Josephine. Uh, the first major one that we got was from the Second Wrong Film Festival, and they were very special because their trophy, which we have in our, uh, like our fireplace, is simply it's it's a tentacle with a pantyhose like a penny draped over it. Oh, goodness. That is their statue. It's an amazing statue. So we have it sitting at the center of our fireplace. Ah, oh, that's memorable. I don't know how those two elements connect, but they found a way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Okay. So what do they call that award? The tentacle panty or the panty tentacle award? So that's the that's the design that Sick and Wrong is known for, and that's why people submit because mm-hmm. they want that trophy. Um, so our particular award was the Mink Stole Award. 
So it was it's it was a unisex category of best actor and best actress. So we were Josephine was against other four other amazing actors for that festival, and then she was the one who got the award. And then I know we do have another award that coming to Mailson from Horror Hound, and there's this like a big metal werewolf trophy. Wow. And so we're like, I mean, I'm not I'm not envious of the USPS people have to deliver that or UPS, but that will be coming along soon as oh, well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, gosh. Well, you guys are so deserving. As I said, it is a delightful film. And so, um, so are is there another upcoming film uh, while this one continues to do the film festival circuit that you guys are working on or we can look forward to, or what? There are. I know Josephine and I both, just as actors, we because of the horror festival circuit journey, we met a lot of great filmmakers, well, quote unquote, virtually. Um, but we both participated in projects that was created by uh, Christy Fox and her partner Spider One. They, that's actually his name. Uh, they, they were part of a band called Power Five Thousand, which is like a heavy alternative metal band. But they are horror filmmakers themselves, so. We keep seeing them in the same festival circuit, and eventually they reached out to us, and Josephine acted in one of Christy Fox's projects, and I acted in one of Spider One's projects. So they are they are prolific horror filmmakers, and they are planning to release that in 2021. As opposed to Josephine and I, as producers and writers, with our two specific ideas we have in the works, once again, it's still very, very early in the process, um, but we are planning something uh, for either 2021 or 2022 when it doesn't become such a hassle to film, especially with all the COVID compliance and the COVID testing, which adds up considerably when it comes to uh, a budget. Oh, yes. It's just taking an effect on all of us out here. My goodness. Oh, sure. But you know what? It seems that you guys and your film, you have – you're still maneuvering and navigating through all of this craziness. I mean, just your the fact that your film is going to be virtually screened all the way up until the fall of next year says a lot. That is just amazing. You're doing a lot of things right, obviously, here. Yeah, I we continue to be surprised, like, by the journey, because, like, the other avenue I know is that by – especially the latest one for next October, and we told uh, the film, uh, the festival director we would actually love to attend is the Dark Arts Festival in Amsterdam. Uh, They will have their first year next October, but they already have all their ducks lined up in terms of funding, sponsorships, and judges of well-known, like, uh, horror lovers and horror aficionados. And so we told them, like, it all works out. Like, if our world is getting better, by next October, we would hope to actually go there and see them. And same with FilmQuest, which we asked them, and they were uh, uh, graciously enough to extend, uh, delay our screening till next October for them. So then if, if all works out, then we can go to Utah to see the, to see in person FilmQuest and then go to Amsterdam to see in Dark Arts. We'll see how the world is by 2021. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm with you. I hope to get back to traveling the world myself next year. But for now, I'm content. I'll just hold off, believe me. Yes. Well, Edward, again, thank you and your crew and your fine acting 
buddies. Uh, you guys did a wonderful job with uh, Make a Wish. And again, the website is makeawishshortfilm.com. And there, everybody can find all the links that you just so graciously uh, listed for us a few minutes ago. So thank you for the film and congratulations on all this amazing success that your film uh, is having. And I think that the way that you guys have maneuvered this bomb, this pandemic with your film, this is this is a teachable moment that other filmmakers can can learn the way that you guys are doing it and have done it. Yeah, I think. Thank you. Yeah, definitely so. So anyway, I'll say happy holidays to you and your family and friends and look forward, hopefully, to having you back on the show with your next film project. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Well, take care and uh, hope to see you next year. All right. See you then. Okay, then. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Film Festival Radio with Janice Malone will be right back after this. This is Drew and Jonathan Scott, the Property Brothers, and you are listening to Film Festival Radio with Janice Malone. Okay, thank you, Edward, for uh, giving us some backstory about your film. Yeah, listen, there is—I don't want to give away too much, but there, there is a portion. There is something about Make a Wish that does kind of remind me of Misery, without telling you too much. I just want you to see it. Just go see it. You know, get your pass so you can see it uh, during the film festival. You know, we bring our independent filmmakers on and, you know, I always ask them, how can people reach you? How can people, you know, give comments about your film? Because we really do appreciate them taking the time to join us on our show. And we also, of course, want the feedback from you, the listeners. So, you know, by all means, feel free to reach out to these filmmakers and let them know um, after you've seen their film and if you've heard them here on the show, let them know, hey, I heard you on Film Festival Radio Show, and I saw your film during uh, the uh, whatever film festival you uh, see their film, because like I said, this particular film, uh, you might see it at it's over 100 film festivals, so wherever you're listening to us around the world, here in North America or anywhere, and if you see any of these films, make sure you reach out to their the filmmakers and let them know that uh, you like their film or, or just show them some love. We do appreciate you doing that for uh, our, our guests and also, you know, for us too. We love that. So, okay, before we get to our third uh, filmmaker... I just want to remind you, you're listening to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. You can reach us, info at filmfestivalradio.com. So I want to go back to the Ranker list again. Ranker is sharing with um, everybody uh, some of their favorite lists during the holiday season. And of course, as I said earlier, Ranker is known as the world's leading publisher of fan-powered rankings and listicles and such on just about everything you can think of. So now, according to Ranker, this list, these are their top five best Christmas 
romantic comedies, or rom-coms for short. Uh, These five films were ranked by 3,500 votes. Okay, so here they are. See if you agree with this list. Top five best Christmas romantic comedies, rom-coms for short. Number five, The Shop Around the Corner. Number four is Christmas in Connecticut. Number three is Sleepless in Seattle. Number two is White Christmas. And number one is Love Actually, a film I have never seen before. So if you've seen it, obviously it must be a popular film or it would not have been voted upon by Ranker. Uh, Sleepless in Seattle, kind of, that's just like my, probably my favorite rom-com for modern times. Yeah, I mean, it just is. It's a classic. It's just a classic. So, again, see if you agree with that list for five of the top best Christmas rom-coms for 2020. With the way this year has been going, you know what? If they would have put, uh, you know, something like misery on, I would not be surprised. Because this is the kind of year we've been living through, as we all know. Okay. Let's go to our final guest, and he is a writer, director, filmmaker. His name is Zeke Farrow, and Zeke, uh, his film short is called Possessions. Yes, now this film short, it started off as a memoir of sorts, but somehow it it did the same thing as Make-A-Wish. It took a left turn, and it became a horror film. So how do you go from a memoir to a horror film? Well, Zeke Farrow is going to tell us all about it. So I'll just give you a quick storyline here. Zeke was this guy, like so many of us, especially for this year. He was just gripped with with chronic fatigue and depression and, you know, all of that and all that family of stuff that bothers all of us. And so he was just tired of what was going on in his life and he wanted to start over so what he decided to do was sell everything that he owned and to make a documentary about selling all of his possessions yeah but something happened along the way as i said it started off with mild-mannered talented zeke pharaoh selling all of his possessions i'm going to just wipe the slate clean and start over Mm, then that's where it, it just like uh, boom took a left turn, and then Zeke's memoir became a horror flex. Ooh, don't you just hate when that happens in your life? But anyway, uh, possessions. Yeah, you need to see this one too. As I said, all three of our guests, you need to go get your pass uh, for the. Uh, Hollywood short, Hollywood Comedy Short Film Festival. Go to their website again, Hollywood Comedy Shorts Film Fest dot com, and everything ends on December 18th. So there's plenty of time for you to go get your pass so you can see our guest three films here, all three of our guests here. So let's bring on our final guest. Let's bring on Zeke Farrow. He is the writer and director of Possessions, and we we. We just got to find out what happened, Zeke. You were doing fine. You were selling all of your worldly possessions. And then it became a horror movie. Just 
don't know how that happened, but sometimes it just happens. It, it happens to the best of us. And so Zeke is going to share with us how it happened in his case. So let's bring on our our guest, Zeke, uh, to tell us more about Possessions, his new short film. Okay, hold on. Um, okay, so Zeke, you have, I've, I've really enjoyed watching your film, uh, Possessions. And so I understand that you are the writer, the the director and uh, you start in it and so how did this this film all come about the, the, the premise of? well it came to get well it came together exactly as um, I kind of talk about it at the beginning of the film I was um, I had a chronic disease a chronic fatigue and um, was very depressed and I needed something to kind of get me out of bed and I had this idea that if I kind of cleaned out everything I owned and just sold it, maybe my, my life would feel a little less kind of oppressive or whatever. I don't know. I, was, I wasn't really thinking clearly. <laughs> and then um, I told my friend Erica, who is a photographer, that I wanted to turn it into a project, a social media project, where I would sell all of my things that weren't useful for a dollar each. And we would follow them out into the world and see what happened to them. And then I realized that that was a movie nobody really wanted to see. And because okay. they wanted to watch me selling my things. And then I had this realization that really what it was making was a uh, movie about me. And I'm a fiction writer. And so then... I thought it was a really interesting question, like what happens when a documentarian uh, is also the subject of his own documentary and he's a fiction writer. So I started to explore what that meant and it became Possessions. Ah, okay, okay. So uh, now I understand that Possessions is an official selection from the Hollywood Comedy Shorts Film Festival. So uh, what date will it be screening for that festival? Well, it's actually uh, it's, it's streaming online at BitPix, uh, which and you buy. Uh oh. Okay, so now, how can people see your film? Well, uh, Possessions right now is playing at the Hollywood Comedy Short Film Festival, and that is. Uh, uh, December 11th through the 18th, and you can stream it on BitPix. Uh, it's an application, and uh, you can get it on many of your devices. And you buy a pass, and you get to see all of the films of the festival, including Possessions, from December 11th through the 18th. Okay. It's a fun film. Um, I think one of the interesting items uh, from the film, a, I put I didn't know exist, the Sarah Palin inflatable doll. Hmm. Oh, you noticed that? I, that's so hilarious. <laughs> that, that's a, there's a story behind that. So I wrote a screenplay um, called The Un Untitled Sarah Palin Sex Doll Project. And I uh, wanted to, I, I made it up. I, you know, I just thought it was a funny thing if there were a Sarah Palin sex doll in the world. And then I found out, I Googled it, and I found out that there was. 
Uh-huh. And uh, there were all these uh, sex shops around the country that uh, had it on their website, but it was sold out everywhere or it didn't exist anymore or maybe she sued and they stopped making it. And then I, I started calling all of them and asking, do you have any of these left? Do you have? And nobody had them left. And then six months later, I got a call back from a man in Florida who had a warehouse of sex toys. And he said, you know, I got your phone call six months ago. I found five of these dolls. Do you want one? And I said, yes, absolutely. And I, I said, I want all five of them. So I bought them all. Oh, my goodness. So you are the proud owner of five Sarah Palin inflatable sex dolls. That's right, I am, and I and I just want everyone to know that I did not sell that with my possessions. I kept that because that is useful. <laughs> and who knows, in a few years, they may be worth a fortune, if not already. <laughs> Maybe they are. I just think it's the funniest thing in the world. Um, and... Uh, so I made it part of the movie because I thought it, I thought it was funny. Well, I think it blended in quite well. Uh, the other thing that was funny is your, one of the characters, Christine, the projectile vomiting. That how many takes did you guys have to do for that? Well, I you know this film was very low budget. I mean, it was no budget. Uh-huh. It, we had zero budget to make this film, like zero. And so I said to Christine, "Okay, Christine." We're only going to be able to get the vomit hitting my face once for the first time because we didn't have time to clean me up. I didn't have multiple outfits or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you got to get it right the first time, and then we can turn the camera around and we can get you from uh, you from the front vomiting all you know all we want. Okay. Um, so really, just the first time. And um, then we faked it a little bit, got me from the side, and then we turned the camera around. Sorry. So we got like five or six. She vomited on me like maybe six or seven times, actually. And um, we used that, the, that kind of Awala juice, and mm-hmm. we made a mixture to make it look real yellow and green. Yes. And um, I gave her the choice. I said, you can have sweet or salty, and she chose sweet. <laughs> well, it looked very real, I tell you. <laughs> you yes. We're very job. good friends. I, I would let her vomit on me anytime. <laughs> I mean that's a sure, sure, true sign of a friend if you let them vomit. <laughs> well, that and I mean, like asking someone to vomit on you six times. <laughs> oh my goodness! But she is a she is a very good actress. She was on that show Hello Ladies on HBO, and which she's brilliant on, and she's been in a gazillion TV shows and movies. She's far, far, far too talented be working with <laughs> <laughs> no I'm looking at some of her credits so she was on The Walking Dead uh, Grace mm. and Frankie for Netflix yes yeah, she's, she's very well accomplished but, but yeah very very accomplished. okay so what's what's next for you Do you, are you, you have a, another film coming out next year or a book or, or what yeah sure so Possessions is going to go on and play a bunch more festivals it's been very popular it's already played about 45 festivals um, and it's going to play a bunch more. I have made two short films since Possessions. Uh, one is already on the festival circuit. It's called He Left Instructions. Um, it's about what happens after I've died and Christine and it plays my sister and my other sister, Kristen, uh, come to my apartment to go through my things and I've left instructions as to what to do. And then I came to Florida to be with my parents during the pandemic and so I 
I decided I was film starring my parents. So uh, I made a short film called Home Movie, which I just started to send out to festivals. Um, and that stars my parents. They had never acted before, but it turns out they're brilliant. So we're going to make another short film, which we actually just started shooting. And then other than that, I'm shooting, I write features and, you know, TV shows and things like that. So I'm just continuing on that path as well. Oh, I think that was so sweet to do a film with your parents. That's so sweet. Kind. Well, they're wonderful. They are oh. such good actors, and um, they got really into it. At first, they were a little bit nervous, and then now they're total divas for the oh. second movie, so it's, they've become a little bit difficult to work with. They're ready for their close-up now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they know all about camera angles, how they look the best. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Okay, and so how can people um, follow you on the social media or your website? So what do they need to do? So they can find me at Zekness, Z-E-K-E-N-E-S-S, and they can find me on Vimeo, and you can see uh, two of my other short films on Vimeo, Megan Shift and Ride or Die. They can find me on Instagram at Zekness, Twitter at Zekness, um, and then they can watch some of the feature films that I wrote on Amazon Prime, uh, Before the Sun Explodes is there, 21 Below, and Best Kept Secret. Oh, man, you are so established as a writer here. Lovely. Love that. Well, I started out as a writer about 20, uh, 15 years ago, really, is when my writing first started taking off. And uh, I was a writer and a producer and then directing, I started about four years ago with my shorts, um, and I've fallen in love with directing. The one thing I'm not really, and I don't claim to be, is an actor, although I am in my short films. Oh, you did. You were a lot of fun in Possession. You were so much fun. <laughs> you were so much fun. Uh, kind of made me want to look around and go, hmm, maybe should I start selling off some things here? <laughs> you should. Let me tell you, it will make you feel so much better. I believe you. Yeah, I've got way, far too many shoes and far too many purses. So, yeah, I, I, I may need to do that, especially for January, you know. It's a time yeah, let it, let it go. Yeah. Let it I go. Let it all go. Let it go. Let it go. Well, anyway, Zeke, thank you so much for the chat. Thank you for possessions. And, uh, well, thank you. Thank you for watching. Yeah, yeah. I, as you can tell, I closely watched these films and I was like, Oh my god You did. You you were you were very well versed in possession. Yes, well I had a lot of fun. I in fact I saw it twice. I enjoyed it that much. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, happy holidays to you and we look forward to hopefully talking to you next year for your next project. I hope so. Thank you so much. Okay then thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Okay. Thank you, Zeke. Now we know what happened. We know where the left turn happened and how it happened and why it happened. And I must, you know, warn you there, as Zeke and I were talking, there is there is a scene that, where there is some uh, projectile vomiting going on. Yeah, it is. It looks very real, but as Zeke explained, it's not real. But man, does it ever look real because, you know, it kind of has that touch of kind of like the exorcist a little bit just just tad bit but uh, it's a fun film uh it, it might be something that you may want to do you want to purge we're coming into a new year you may want to purge and sell and donate away hopefully 
your purge will not turn into a horror film. Just saying here, I-J-S, I'm just saying, just saying. But if it does happen, it's okay. Hopefully no one will get hurt here. So, again, Possessions is currently a part of the lineup of very fine uh, film short sets being screened right now as we speak at the 5th Annual Hollywood Comedy Shorts Film Festival. And it's all done virtually, of course, online there at HollywoodComedyShortsFilmFest.com. And you can see all three of these films that uh, from our guests that we've had on this show. So we're about to run out of time here. I want to thank all three of our guests. Uh, Chester Howie, writer-director of the film short Lulu, and it's a Lulu. And our second guest, Edward Hong, Make-A-Wish. You will never look at birthdays the same after you see Make-A-Wish. And our final guest, Zeke Farrow, writer and director of Possessions. And you will never have a garage sale or you will never have your own whatever purge sale again. I mean, you will have it, but it will not mean the same after you see Possessions. You're going to go, wow. Hmm, this is kind of different. Maybe I'll put something like this for my purge garage sale or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, just kind of, I'm going to do that. You know, when January arrives, I am definitely going to have a purge sale, donation, all of that. And and just kind of do like Zeke, just kind of start over. Hopefully it won't turn into a horror film, but definitely going to do that. So, okay, that's going to do it for this edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Thank you guys for listening. And again, thank you, all three of our guests. And uh, we will see you guys on our next show. So take care. Be safe. Be healthy out there. Whenever you do have to leave your home, please be safe and healthy. And we'll see you on our next show. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.